Well, good morning, Go Church. Come on, anybody love Jesus, make some noise if that's you today. So honored to have you to jump into the conversation here on this Sunday morning. It's the final week of a four-week series that we've been doing called Ask Away. Before we get into the final installment of that series, I want to look at the camera in the back of the room. I want to do a couple of things. Number one, we always start off one of our gatherings by giving honor to the incredibly brave military men, women, and all of the first responders. Can we do that today? Come on, like a wholehearted, we love you, God bless you, we're praying for you. We thank God for each of you that continue to serve and sacrifice and put your life on the line to protect ours. And so we honor you today and we thank God for you. And then everybody watching online today, we welcome you from whatever part of the country and even whatever part of the world you might be watching from. That includes all of our Germantown, Maryland campus family watching online today. Come on, make some noise for Germantown and everybody online. Come on, let them hear you in the room today. And then it's great to have people in the room. Come on now, people in the room. I love that. Not only are people in the room here at our South Metro Atlanta campus, our broadcast campus, but there's also people at our Noonan pop-up campus in the downtown Noonan area at the train depot. So we welcome all of you at our Noonan pop-up campus. Come on, Noonan, make some noise. And everybody in the house, make some noise for them. And Noonan, God bless all of you. And I love, I love what God is doing. So it's, it's, a great day to be, it's a great day to be here and to be connected to the family of God. And so I just wanted to welcome everybody. The other thing that I want to do is to let you know in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be giving you some details about the month of July and what July looks like for phase two of reentry at Go Church. As you know, in the month of June, we have some, some pretty heavy uh, requirements and even restrictions as we process reentry into uh, being connected to our family in church, in person. And so as we're continuing to believe that in Jesus' name, the coronavirus is over. Come on now, I'm just believing that. And I speak against the second wave and all of that. And so we're believing that as each week passes, uh, more and more restrictions will be lifted. That means for Germantown campus as well as here in the South Metro Atlanta area. So make sure you're connected to all of our social media and our website and you signed up to receive our email newsletter and all of those great things because I want to give you that information in a couple of weeks about what July will look like at Go Church. And then one more announcement and then we're going to jump into uh, the final week of Ask Away. You heard this in the, in the video announcements a moment ago, but one of, one of the greatest communicators this side of heaven, and I'm not just saying that, is the Dr. Mark Rutland, a fantastic preacher of the gospel and uh, really a general of the faith. And I don't know anybody watching online or for those of you in the room if you've ever heard Dr. Rutland speak before, but he is a fantastic communicator of the gospel. And he's going to be with us next weekend, Father's Day weekend. Come on in, that fantastic. So that includes our Thursday night gathering, in-person gathering here at our South Metro Atlanta campus. And then all weekend long, he'll be in person with us. So if you're ready to get back in person to the house of God, you can join us at our South Metro Atlanta campus or our Noonan pop-up campus. And then if you're traveling or if your location isn't ready for reentry just yet, make sure you jump online. This is a can't-miss kind of message right here, and you will not be disappointed. Anybody excited for this? Come on, I'm really, really excited. 
One of, the, one of the highest honors, and I mean this, one of the highest honors is to have Dr. Mark Rutland come and to preach here at Go Church, and uh, you, you don't want to miss it. So a lot of great things are happening. You know this already, but you can see all of this information on social media and on the website. And, and I'm, ready, I'm ready for today, week number four of Ask Away. How many of you have enjoyed this series so far? Come on, you've enjoyed the series? Let me tell you a little bit more about the Ask Away series for those of you that are just jumping in. Uh, to this conversation. Every Easter, we do an Easter annual survey. We ask for you to fill out this survey. And on the survey, we ask for all kinds of information. It's a great way to update even some database info and to collect some, some, some thoughts and information. And we even ask you about, you know, what kind of sermon series or messages or topics would you like to hear from, from the pulpit, from the platform? And then we put all of that data together and then we produce this report that will identify some of the, the, the central themes or top themes of discussion. And then we do a four-week series called Ask Away where we try to tackle as many of these conversations as possible. Now, this style of, of, of teaching or speaking isn't, isn't unique to Go Church alone. I really believe that the Ask Away format is very similar to how Jesus taught. So when Jesus was walking this earth, he would go from town to town, village to village, city to city. People would ask Jesus questions, and then he would respond with a parable or a short story and give them, give them the gospel that would hopefully uh, bring them into a relationship with Jesus. And so this is kind of modeled after the teaching style of Jesus. And this Ask Away series, uh, we've jumped right into the deep end. And so we started out by talking about, you know, how, how do we get out of a spiritual rut I think that was a really important conversation to have, and that was one of the top submitted themes that you all wanted to hear about. Week number two, we talked about who and what is the Holy Spirit. We actually had that conversation on Pentecost Sunday, and that was a powerful discussion. And then last week, we did a panel discussion around the topic of racial reconciliation. Anybody catch that? Did you enjoy that? We had that, that conversation, and, and we talked and identified some of the realities of today and some of the challenges of bringing unity across the people of God. And if you missed that conversation last week, I want you to make sure you go back and listen. And then today, and I think that this really ties in to even... Uh, the challenges that we've all dealt with over the last 12, 13 weeks with the coronavirus. And then also it really will help us today as we continue to watch the unrest in our nation. And one of the, one of the number one questions that was submitted to us was this idea. And it was, how, how do I handle stress? How do I handle stress? Now, I'm not going to have you raise your hand. and You don't even have to identify yourself online. But I'm going to make a general statement here. I think that all of us in 2020 have felt a level of stress that many of us have never experienced before. This has been a, this has been a year, y'all. Come on now. And I feel like everybody's stress level is at an all-time high. And the enemy is loving, loving this season of increased stress. I just want to, I got a lot to say today, and I hope that you take some notes. I pray that you write some thoughts down because uh, this is not only going to help you in this season, but in the next season of stress, or maybe you know somebody that's going through a lot of stress, and, and I, I'm going to give you some stress factors here in just a moment. I'm going to give you a list of things that I think causes stress, but I want to say something as well. In spite of what is going on around the world, I am too blessed to be stressed. Come on now. 
Give me a better amen than that. Like if God be for me, who can be against us? And, and I know that there is a lot of increased anxiety. And, and I know that, that people are, are frustrated. And there is, you know, social and racial injustices. And I know that the pandemic, this worldwide health crisis is real. I know that the economy can be incredibly unstable at this moment. But, but we serve a God that is seated on his throne. Come on, church. And he has, he has never failed us yet. We just sang that a moment ago. And we, we can be really guilty at singing songs but not believing the words that we're singing. But if he's never failed us before, God, pardon the grammar, but God ain't going to start failing us today. That's a good place to help me preach right there. But there are stress factors. Write, write some of these down. Uh, some of these I've experienced in my own life. Some of these you've experienced in your own life. Uh, you know, if you work a job and you're just unhappy at that job, it can give you, it can give you a, a ton of stress. If your job requires of you to work long hours, that exhaustion and that fatigue can really create some increased stress. We, we've had millions of people uh, at levels of great depression unemployment rates that have lost jobs. And so the loss of a job and the lack of income can increase our stress level. I know many of you, you've experienced this, and some of you today are walking through the challenge of losing somebody that you love to death, and, and that, that can bring some emotional challenges, but there is a great stress in the planning of honoring the life of a loved one. I don't know if you know this or not, but funerals, they're, they're, they're not cheap, and there can be a great stress that comes with honoring the life and then the stress of dealing with the emotions of losing a loved one. I've never experienced this one personally, and in Jesus' name, I'm not going to. Kimberly is stuck with me. Come on now. But there are a lot of people that walk through the challenges of divorce and the stress that divorce brings. Here's a big one. Money. Money can be a problem. I heard somebody the other day remind me that more money, more problems. Come on now. Money is not the answer to everything. Can you give me an amen right there? A lot of people have stress related to their marriage, a lot of tension. I talked to a guy the other day on the phone, and he said, I loved my wife until we got quarantined together. Come on now. Marriage, marriage creates this high level of stress. Here's another one. Moving. I know, you, I know you're not supposed to hate things, but I hate moving. Come on now. Moving, moving is a huge stress factor. Watch this. Sickness of any kind can bring on some additional stress. Here's one, and I think everybody, everybody ought to agree, right now, one of the number one leading causes of stress in your life and in mine is the news. Come on. Fox News is stressing me out. CNN News is stressing me out. I can't turn on the TV and watch the news without feeling like the whole world is just falling apart. And there's just a part of me, you take it for what it's worth, but there's a part of me that if we could just turn the news off for like 30 days, just 30 days, so much of the problems around the world would literally disappear. COVID-19 is a huge stress. Again, hundreds of thousands of people worldwide have, have died because of the virus. Tens of millions of people in our country alone have battled the, the loss of job because of, of the virus, the economy and all of those things, the virus can be very, very stressful. It's been, it's been a very trying 12, 13 weeks, hasn't it? Here's another big stress factor for you and me, 
Social media. Hello? Man, have you ever had a really good day until you got on social media and somebody posted something and it just kind of rubbed you the wrong way? I'm going to tell you why. Social media is an outlet and it can be leveraged for good things, some really good things. I mean, we've been able in the last 12, 13 weeks to leverage social media as the doors of Go Church have been closed. Go Church has not shut down, not one day, because we've leveraged social media to take the message of Jesus to the ends of the earth. But there are so many days that you can get on social media and your blood pressure will start to increase immediately. Why? Because of people. People can be a huge stress factor. I'm going to be really honest with you for a moment. I had planned to print off five or six emails that I've gotten in the last two weeks from people. And I wanted so bad to read these emails to you because I thought that it would help my levels of stress. But in the moment, I've opted just to keep those emails to myself. But I'm going to tell you something. There are some special people in this world. Can you help me preach real quick? Now, now we're called to love people to life. I never knew it would be hard, so hard to love certain people. Come on now. People can be a huge, and you could, a synonym here could even be family. Family can be a huge stress. You know, I know that they mean well, but Lord, love them. Come on, you know you got that one crazy aunt or uncle. Come on now. And people and family can sometimes and oftentimes be a huge stress factor. Now, here's, here's what happens in my own life. I want to see if you can identify with any of these. So whenever the factors of stress hit me, this is how I know that I've become stressed in my own life. I want you to write down four or five thoughts here. Again, these are, are very personal to me and things that I ch are, am challenged with in high seasons of stress. Here's what happens, though. My heart becomes very heavy. It does. I, I, try, I try to handle all of the stresses of life and the burdens of life, and, and my, my heart becomes very heavy. And, and I, know that, I know that you're going to throw scripture back at me, and that's fair, but my heart can even become very weary at times. And I know that we're not supposed to grow weary, but I am human. And so here's what happens. Whenever my heart becomes heavy, I then become susceptible to the traps of the enemy. Well, let me, let me add this word. I become more susceptible to the traps of the enemy. It's in seasons of increased anxiety and stress when the enemy creeps in and he says, hey, come on, why don't you try the things of the world to eliminate the stress that you're dealing with? This is why in seasons of high stress, people turn to alcohol and drugs and, and extramarital affairs is because they're trying to combat the stresses of life and the enemy will start to set these traps hoping that you'll take the bait and fall into the trap. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I think there's somebody that if you lean in and listen, this could be a great warning for you to know that the enemy is seeking whom he may devour. And in the season of increased stress, you better be even more aware of the enemy that, that is, is roaring like, like a lion because he He's seeking whom he may devour. Here's what else happens to me. My emotions are erratic. They become unpredictable. So I can wake up in a really great mood and then the stress of life hit. And by the end of the day, I'm like the next person I see, I'm on body slam in Jesus' name. If you've ever felt that way, give me a good amen. Don't lie in church. Come on now. Like my emotions can become unpredictable. 
Kimberly and I were talking about this the other day. She does a really good job of reminding me of my failures at times. And she said something to me. I said, why didn't you tell me about that? Like, why didn't you bring that to my attention? And she said, because I didn't know what mood you were going to be in. I was like, who, who are you talking to like that? But in high seasons of stress, emotions can become unpredictable. And then here's the result. My relationships suffer. So I take out my stress on the people that I love the most. Why? Because they're accessible. So I, I can't respond to the emails the way that I really want to respond to the emails because I'm a man of the cloth. Come on. So I'll respond to my family with the frustration from the email. Are you listening to what I'm saying? I have a long day, a tired day, and so now I take it out on the people that are for me and not against me. And now watch my, my horizontal relationships. If I'm not careful in seasons of stress, they begin to suffer. But it's not just horizontal relationships that suffer in stressful seasons. It's your vertical relationship. And seasons of stress for me, and I hate to even admit this, but there's been too many times that in seasons of high stress, I've turned from God instead of turning to God. And I, I don't know why we do this, church, but, but whenever life becomes overwhelming, why do we try to handle it all on our own? Jesus said in 1 Peter 5, 7, he said, cast all of your cares on me. I think I can use the synonyms uh, stress there without taking that verse out of context. He says, you can cast all of your stresses on me because I care for you. So why would we opt for any other solution than that option? And why, why is it that in high seasons of stress, God feels so far away? It's because the enemy. The enemy uses stress to create wedges in your earthly relationships and in your spiritual relationship so that God will feel distant. I'm going to tell you something. Listen to me. Lean in real quick. No matter how far away God feels from you in this moment, the Bible says that he is just as close as the very mention of his name. Come on. So if you're watching online today, just type in the name Jesus. Come on, type it out, Jesus. Everybody in-house right here at our South Metro Atlantic campus and all the way in Noonan, on the count of three, let's say the name Jesus together. One, two, three. Come on, do it again. One, two, three. Jesus. Jesus. And in a moment, Jesus shows up. This is good. Come on. This is good. Now, here's what else happens. In my life uh, of stress, now all of a sudden, I start to question my calling, my purpose, my anointing, my destiny. I can't, I can't tell you how many times in the last 13 weeks I've thought, am I making any kind of difference? God, are you, are you using me? Are you using Go church. And listen, I got the microphone, so I'm the one that's testifying. If I pass this mic around, all of you could talk about the times of high stress where you've wondered, does my, does my life even matter? And here's what happens. The enemy begins to whisper lies into your mind and into your ear because ultimately his primary objective, the enemy, is to still kill and destroy. And the enemy has never told you one truth. But hear me, God has never told you one lie. And in the moments where you feel like your life has no meaning, you stand on God's word in Jeremiah 29 11, where he says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. 
plans to prosper you, not to harm you, but to give you hope and a future. I'm talking to somebody today that the stress of life is so overwhelming. You've even thought, I'm going to take my own life. I'm going to end it all. It's the point of living. I don't know who you are, ma'am, or sir, but I'm telling you that your life has far more meaning than you realize. Don't you let the stress, don't you let the anxiety, don't you let the fear, don't you let the challenges, don't you let the enemy take you out. No, greater is he on the inside of you than he that's in the world, and your life is full of purpose, meaning, and destiny. Come on, 10 seconds, give Jesus some thanks. Come on, church. Yeah. Oh, come on, let's put our hands together for Jesus right here and to encourage one another. Now, your life has meaning. So I'm a very, I'm a very practical kind of, of guy. I'm practical in my, in my own personal life, but in my spiritual life as well. Like, tell me what I can do. Talk to me and tell me what I can do. I'm going to give you four things today, time permitting. The first one is this. You must renew your mind. You have to renew your mind. Let me, let me tell you something. I've got a lot of thoughts here and only about 17 minutes to get it all out, but watch. Garbage in, garbage out. And this world is constantly throwing garbage at us to dirty the filter of our mind. You, you could respond to this if you know this to be true. The number one place that the enemy attacks is where? For so many believers, it's not a heart issue, it's a head issue. The enemy loves to attack your, your mind. And some of you, you're so, you're so good at or so bad at creating conspiracy theories and just worrying and wondering and trying to figure it all out. You can't sleep at night. You toss and you turn. And your worry has never solved one problem. It's never fixed one problem. As a matter of fact, the, 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 the restlessness in your mind has only added to the problem. And I'm telling you this, that at some point, you've got to renew your mind. This word renew can also mean restart. So, so today, let this be a spiritual shock to your brain to renew your mind, to renew your heart, to restart your brain, to restart your heart so that you can start to think on things that are positive and stop dwelling on all the negatives. I think, I think we're really guilty of that. The enemy loves to attack our mind. It's interesting, though. Joyce Meyer wrote a fantastic book years ago. I read it, oh, my, I don't even know, almost 20 years ago I read this book, uh, The Battlefield of the Mind. The Battlefield of the Mind. If, if you've never read that book, you ought to get on Amazon Prime or Kindle or audiobook today and read The Battlefield of the Mind. And In the book, she reminds us that when Jesus died on the cross, he died at the place called Golgotha which literally means the place of the skull. Where is your mind located? In your skull? It's interesting to me that over 2,000 years ago, Jesus would defeat Satan at the very place that Satan attacks you the most. Y'all not going to help me preach, and that's okay. I've been preaching to an empty room for 12 weeks. I got this. Come on now. Yeah. I've never one time in ministry, whenever I've prayed for someone to receive Christ, prayed with someone to receive Christ, I've never in that prayer not asked them to say, God, come into my heart and into my Why? Because the Bible says that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so many people, you got freedom in your heart, but you don't have freedom in your head. Here's what Paul says. Is this okay? We all right? Here's what Paul says in Romans 12, verse 2. He says, so... Do not conform 
to the pattern of this world. I, I, could, I could stop right there and send you home. And if you did that one part, stop conforming to the pattern of this world. The ways of the world do not work. Give me an amen right there. The ways of society do not work. The ways of culture do not work. There's only one culture, and it's the kingdom culture. And he says that you are in this world, but you're not of this world. Stop acting like the world. Stop conforming to the pattern of this world. But let's read this together. Come on, all of our campuses on the count of three. One, two, three. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yeah, let me give you some practical things. Here's how you renew your mind. Watch this. Get off social media. Shut it down. If every time you get on social media, I'm going to respond. I don't know about, I can't tell you how many social media posts I've drafted to never post. Last night I drafted out a real doozy too, y'all. I'm telling you. And before I hit send, here's what I thought. How many people have come to know Jesus Christ because of the social media posts that I've made? I get it. It's a platform that should be leveraged, but there's no debating on social media. Well, there's debating, but there's no winning on social media. It's just get off. Here's another thing. You want to renew your mind? You got to study the Bible. Hey, we've done a really good job of, of learning and studying history and culture and and leaning into conversations and, and the debates that happen on all kinds of issues. But at the end of the day, the book is the final word. The book is the final authority. Can you give me an amen right there? And you've got to study the Bible. You've got to study it. Carve out time to dive into the word of God and let the word of God penetrate your heart. You've got to memorize scripture. This is different than just studying the Bible. It's taking time to write down on some flashcard scriptures so that when the enemy who's seeking whom he may devour comes and attacks your mind, you can fight that thought with the truth from God's word to say, look, at the end of the day, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world. If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves, seek my face and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will heal and bless the land. I'm not going to stand up here and try to impress you with scripture memorization. The point that I'm making though is this, is that if you don't have the word of God hidden in your heart, then how can you combat the lie? of the enemy. Here's another way to renew your mind. you got to pray. You've got to pray. The power of prayer works. It works. I've said this a hundred times. It's a good dad joke. So you got to still laugh every time I tell you. MC Hammer told it best. He said, you got to pray just to make it today. Come on now. It's still funny and true. you got to worship. Put on some worship music. Block out the negativity of this world and turn on some worship music that will penetrate to your mind and penetrate to your heart. And then here's a big one. You have to take captive your thoughts. Let me say something before I give you this verse. If you could take captive your thoughts, you would no longer live in captivity. Philippians 4 verse 8 says it like this. Paul says, so whatever is true, Whatever is noble, 
Whatever is right, pure, lovely, admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, let's read the highlighted words on three. One, two, three. Think about such things. Do it again. One, two, three. Think about. Then why are you thinking about the other stuff all the time? <laughs> oh, man, I felt some conviction there. He says, whatever's true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, anything excellent and praiseworthy, think about this is how you take captive your thoughts. So why are we thinking about all of the other things that the enemy is trying to divide us with? And I'm not saying that there aren't conversations that need to be had. Don't take this out of context. The point that needs to be made is this, is that the enemy is attacking our minds, and we must, as believers, renew our minds. Can you give me an amen? Here's the second one. I got to hurry. The second way that you can combat the high seasons of stress, you got to rest your body. If, if there is any good that could come out of COVID-19, I pray that it would be a refocus of your schedule, a refocus of your exhaustive to-do list. Here's the, thing. Here's the thing about stress, and I don't know who I'm talking to, but I talk about, hey, how do you handle stress? Some of y'all, you don't want to not have stress. Some of you thrive off. Some of you create your own stress. You know how I know that? Because that's me. I, I, I don't know what it's like to have nothing to do and to slow down. So here's what happens. Almost every family vacation that we go on, I end up sick by day one or two. Why? I'm going to tell you why. Because my body goes into shock. Because my body's like, hey, what's happening here? You're slowing down. I don't know how to slow down. And some of you are the exact same way because we don't rest well. It's interesting that in the Ten Commandments, one of the Ten Commandments is to honor the Sabbath. Can I tell you something? Many of us, we do not Sabbath well. And Sabbath is not optional. Sabbath is oxygen. The God who created the heavens and the earth, he created them on, in six days. And on the seventh day, he what? God didn't rest on the seventh day because he was tired. God rested on the seventh day to model that you need rest because you ain't God. We need to rest well. We got a Sabbath. We have to slow down. You, you were not wired for the pace of life that you live right now. Let me give you some practical thoughts. You got to slow down. Say, I need to slow down. Come on. Many of you, wherever you're watching from, you're beginning to go back into reentry. Some of you have never slowed down through the whole virus, but some of you, you're going back into, you are the master of your own calendar. It's not fair to blame people because you can't say no to people. I'm just going to hide behind the TV. It feels a lot safer back here, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, we're so good at, oh, I'm so busy. Well, you're the one that can't say no. We got to learn to say no. Here's an idea. What if you scheduled some time to do nothing? Not somebody's with me. Come on now. Do nothing. A day where you just watch this. I'm giving you permission to lay on the couch and put your feet up and do nothing. Well, you know, I got to, I get it. But what if you just did nothing? Well, you know, the kids, the kids won't starve from one day of not eating. Come on. They'll be all right. Do nothing. I told Kimberly the other day, you know, we've, we've worked through the whole quarantine, but we've worked from home. And, and so my eyes have been open to the reality of how many times in one day my kids call for their mom. 
mom, 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 mom. I'm going to be real honest. One time I was like, my God, can you stop calling for your mom? So then they were like, dad, dad. I was like, wait, let's go back to mom, you know. I get it, life is busy, and depending on what season you're in, but it's okay to have a day where you do nothing. Some of you need a hobby. Yeah, you need a hobby. Something that can get your mind off of the challenges of this life. You need a good hobby. Many of you, you need a vacation. And watch this. If you've got children, you need a vacation without the kids. Come on, like, go on vacation. Drop the kids off somewhere with somebody, all right? Go on vacation and enjoy some time together. Here's one. You need to sleep better. It amazes me how much money you spend on things, but then you bought a cheap mattress? I mean, you got $250 kicks on your feet with a $19 pillow? Not me. No, no, no. When we moved into our new home, I told Kimberly, if we're going to spend money on anything, I'm getting me a posturepedic pillow and a mattress that can conform to my whole body when I lay down. Come on, somebody. Because I want to, when I go to sleep, I'm out. I'm going to sleep good. Listen to me. Some of you are like, man, I'm tossing, I'm turning. Get you a good pillow, a good mattress, put you some essential oils on, go to bed at night, cast all your cares on Jesus, and watch what happens. In the morning, the joy of the Lord will be your strength. Come on, this is good. And then everybody's like, oh, yeah, I like this. I like this until I tell you, well, now you got to eat better. We were friends until now. Yeah, so what do we do when life gets stressful? We eat and eat and eat. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what the quarantine has done for your sleep schedule and eating habits, but I told Kimberly one night, I was like, it's 3 a.m. and I want mint chocolate chip ice cream, and I deserve it. Come on. <laughs> but we got to eat better. We have to take care of our bodies. Listen to me. This is the temple of the Holy Spirit. This is the temple of God. And whenever we're not in, here's a great word. And whenever we're not in alignment physically, you'll be out of alignment spiritually. Did you hear me? Some of you need to see a chiropractor today. Dr. Brian Hammer, movement chiropractor, Peachtree City. Go let them crack your back. Crack. Get in alignment and watch how you start to feel better in Jesus' name. Psalm 23 says it like this. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Now, catch verse number two. He says, if you don't rest, I'm going to lie you down. So one of two things is going to happen. Well, one thing's going to happen. At some point, you will lay down. That can either be your choice or you can just let God do it. He says, I'll make you lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside quiet waters. And watch this. He refreshes my soul. That's the third thing. A synonym for refreshes is this thought, recharge my soul. I must recharge my soul. Everybody okay? Come on, if you're watching online, type in amen. Everybody in the room okay? Come on, Noonan. Make some noise real quick. Noonan, I love it. All right, watch. Recharge my soul. You remember years ago, there were these, uh, these bracelets, WWJD, what would Jesus do? I like that because it gives you a little bit of conviction before you go do something stupid. Come on now. Say amen. Go ahead, say amen. Look at the person next to you. Say, he's preaching to you, not me. He's preaching to you. The problem with WWJD is that that still leaves it open for discussion. So you get to have an opinion based on who Jesus is to you. 
What I like better is not just what would Jesus do, but what did Jesus do? Now, I don't know if WDJD would sell as much as WWJD, but you get the point. Instead of thinking about what would Jesus do, let's look at what did Jesus do to refresh his own soul or to recharge his own soul. When I think about recharging of the soul, I think about like your cell phone. Have you ever plugged in your cell phone at night and the next morning when you woke up, it didn't take the charge? And so you started the whole day on a low battery? How much stress did that create? You would have done anything to get a recharge on your cell phone. I remember one time I was flying out of town. I got into Hartsville-Jackson Airport. I looked down. And my phone was dying, y'all. Now, the problem with that was is that my boarding pass was electronic. They knew it, too. The airport got me. I paid $35 for a one-time charge on that cell phone. It's amazing how desperate we are to make sure our cell phone battery is charged, but we could sometimes care less about the recharging of our soul. Jesus gives us some very, very practical things that he did to consistently recharge and refresh his soul. Watch. He got alone. He got away. And he got together. Hang in there for a few more minutes and I'll be finished. Let's break these three down. He got alone. What does this mean? It's really simple. It means that he got alone in quiet time with his father. Jesus, the son of God, the Messiah, knew how important it was to get alone with his father in quiet time, right? Mark 1.35 says it like this, and there are multiple places in the New Testament that can back up this thought of Jesus getting alone in quiet time. Very early in the morning, pause right there. If you get up early in the morning, God will meet you there. Some of you are really guilty of saying, well, I'm going to pray at the end of the day. You're exhausted by the end of the day. You're frustrated by the end of the day. Too, too much stuff has happened by the end of the day. No, no, no. You got, you got to get up early in the morning before them kids get up, before those emails start coming, before you get on social media and read all those notifications. If you get up, a mentor of mine told me this before, if you get up before the sun comes up, God will meet you there. Very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left his house, and he went off to a what? Solitary place, alone. And there he prayed, quiet time with the Father, saying, uh, recharge my soul. Refresh my, my soul. I've been drained by all of the challenges of life, and now I'm tapping into, I'm tapping into a spiritual fire hydrant to refresh and recharge my soul. Here's the second thing that he did. He got away. What does this mean? <laughs> Listen to me. This means that he literally got away from people that couldn't understand the mission of his life. People were always, always, always tugging at Jesus. And he knew that there are some times and some seasons that I've just got to get away. Listen to me. It's a, it, it is a vacation where you unplug. You don't take your laptop. You don't take your work with you. You unplug and you get away. Here's the verse in Luke 5, 16. Oftentimes, Jesus withdrew to the wilderness. Now, my family, we don't do much camping. But for some of you, when you saw the word wilderness, you thought, I just need to go to the woods. That's probably a good place right now to be is in the woods alone. 
getting away, withdrawing from the challenges of life. A great pastor friend of mine uh, who's much more mature and wise in the faith, he told me this in a meeting that I had with him one time, and I wrote it down. I've never forgot it. He said, JC, because I told him all the stress of ministry, the stress of life, the stress of family, the stress of money. He's like, you need to get away, son. And this is what he said. He said, a change of place plus a change of pace will always equal a change of perspective. That's good, isn't it? Yeah. Sometimes you need to get alone, and sometimes you need to get away. But Jesus also knew that there are times that you need to get together. So much of what's happening in our world right now is because we've not been able to get together. And we need each other. We need the family of God, the power of prayer, dynamic corporate worship experiences, seeing each other face to face. People don't know how to behave anymore, do they? No, because they don't know how to interact with each other. And they'll say things online that they would never say to you to your face. Because when I see you and I pray for you, how can I stay mad at you? Oh, but the enemy works really well in isolation. Matthew 26 says it this way. Then he said to them, he's talking to his disciples. He said, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow. So much so to the point of death. And then he said, can you stay here and keep watch with me? He got alone, he got away, and he got together. And the last one for today is this. You've got to refocus your focus. What does that mean? It means this. Lean in, everybody, real quick. It means that if you are a follower of Jesus, this world is not your home. This is a very temporary place. And yes, there are problems and there are issues and there is pain. Jesus said in John 16, in this world you will have trouble, but you can take heart because I have overcome the world. This world is not our home. There's a place called heaven. And in heaven, let me tell you just real quick, and I know we're over time, but watch this. In heaven, there is no money problems. Come on. In heaven, there is no sickness. In heaven, there is no coronavirus. In heaven, there is no drop in economy. In heaven, there is no job loss. In heaven, there is no racism. No. In heaven, there are streets paved with gold, and there are mansions just over the hilltop. There are, are seas made of crystal and, and gates made of pearl. Come on, somebody. In heaven, when we all get to heaven what a day of rejoicing that will be I don't fix my eyes on the things of this world because my hope is not in this world my hope is in heaven in heaven watch 2nd Corinthians 4 therefore we do not lose heart tell me this isn't right now though outwardly we are wasting away yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day for our light and our momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory. And let me tell you about this eternal glory. It far outweighs everything else. So here's what we do. So we fix our eyes. you got to fix your eyes. Refocus your focus. Not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Let me tell you real quick about Jesus. Jesus offers us more than a better now. He offers us a better place. Come on, give me a better amen. He offers us more than a better right now. Now he offers us a better place. And that place is heaven. Come on and give Jesus some thanks. Come on, online, Noonan Pop-Up, South Metro. Come on, make some noise for Jesus. Let me give you this last question.
we'll be done for the day. So how's that stress level? How's that stress level of yours? And, and what are you doing to make some necessary improvements? Father, I pray that this message that was shared would penetrate to the hearts and the minds of those that have listened. I pray that whatever stress that is in their life, and I've already given the list of factors, but whether it's from family to job to money to sickness to social injustices, whatever, whatever that anxiety is that's bubbling up and spilling over that is literally paralyzing your people, I pray for freedom today, for freedom. And they would recognize that there are some things that we can do, that we can do to walk in freedom with you. So may this message be life-giving and may you challenge us in a way like never before. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray, amen.